This is episode 532 of the AWS podcast, released on June 23, 2022. Podcast confirmed. Welcome to the official AWS podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS podcast. Simon Lynch here with you. Great to have you back, and I'm joined by a very special guest to talk about something very special. I'm joined by Atul Dio, who is the Director of Product Management for AWS Machine Learning. G'day, Atul. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Simon. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's great to have you here because we're talking about something new and something I think that will be very handy for a lot of our listeners. It is a brand new service called Amazon Code Whisperer. Now, I feel I must go Code Whisperer. Just to really you know, bring it bring it down to what it is, um, but what is this? This sounds very cool, but tell us all about it. Uh, Simon Code Whisperer is a machine learning powered service for developers. Uh, it provides them computer generated code recommendations based on contextual information such as their prior code and code comments that they may just type in their IDE. So essentially, the idea is that as a developer is writing code in their IDE. Code Whisperer automatically analyzes the comment and assembles the code using the relevant libraries and APIs uh, for the desired functionality that the developer wants. And then basically the developer can kind of pick the recommendation that they want. They get a basically a number of options. Uh, they can pick one of the recommendations or they can kind of continue writing their own code. Nice. So, so this is, just if I understand, this is like if I consider my coding days, I'd write myself comments to say to do and then go do this, you know, convert JSON file to CSV or upload to S3 and then it was like, okay, I'll go figure out what that code looks like later. This service can take that and actually do it for me. That's, that's exactly right. Uh, so, so the interesting thing about Code Whisperer is that it does two things. One is it can take a natural language comment like the one that you described uh, and and generate the relevant code immediately after that you know even even within that you will get multiple options mm. the other thing it does is as you're writing kind of uh, actual code right uh, let's say you are in the middle of a function and you are kind of about to type a for loop it will literally give you the next kind of uh, set of lines based on what you have typed before so it does two things. It does natural language to code generation. It also does code to code generation. Oh, my goodness. So cool. If I think about the amount of boilerplate code I write <laughs> for stuff that's like that. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be honest. But I get wrong. <laughs> yeah. I get wrong. <laughs> that sounds really interesting. So let's let's understand sort of where this fits. So, um, you know, the, the number one question people will have is, you know, d- does it work with the ID that I use, the language that I like to use, et cetera? What is supported by Code Whisperer today? So today, Code Whisperer supports three languages, Java, JavaScript, and Python. And the IDEs uh, include IntelliJ, PyCharm, and WebStorm, which is basically, basically the three IDEs from JetBrains. And then VS Code, and then uh, Cloud9. Cloud9 is uh, Amazon or AWS's uh, IDE. Cool. So those are the core kind of languages and IDEs that we support. In addition to the core kind of uh, IDEs, we also have Code Whisperer natively built into the AWS Lambda console. Uh, I know that a lot of developers actually tend to write some small code snippets in the Lambda console, and uh, I'm I'm expecting that they would be very excited about using Code Whisperer as they as they write their code. There. Absolutely. If if I, if I can share my own dirty little secret on code development, I feel like I need to whisper it too. Is that I do write code in the Lambda console from time to time because it is so easy and quick to get going. Um, just for those little experimental bits, you sort of have an idea and think, could this work? The fact that it's in there, 
that's an absolute absolute boon. But you've you've really got the the main ideas that a lot of folks use covered, as well as some of the key languages. But you know, where does this fit in terms of you know who would use it? Is is this for like everything, or is it particular use cases that I should focus on in terms of where this technology fits? So in terms of use cases, Code Whisperer is broadly applicable, right? And, but I think if you think about the main kind of set of things that developers spend their time today, right? I would almost think of it as three things. One is web and mobile application development, obviously for which Code Whisperer supports code generation in JavaScript and Java, probably the two popular kind of languages used for pure web application development. Then you have data science use cases, uh, which again, Code Whisperer does a good job in Python. And then there is kind of a set of you know web services like API development again where Java is one of the primary languages that, language that is used. So I think that's kind of the the set of use cases at kind of the broad applicability that uh, that Code Whisperer targets. Interesting. So it's it's fitting a lot of a lot of places. But I guess let, let's try and understand where this is different because you know I'm old. <laughs> I've been been developing for over thirty years these days. So I remember using. Uh, COBOL copy books in mainframes <laughs> to do my code reviews. So that's that's aging myself a little bit. Um, and and yeah, you know, auto completion has been around for a long time. Um, how does this differ from that? Right. I mean, I I used to write code a few years ago, and I remember you know the traditional kind of autocomplete tools gave kind of the next one word or kind of something like a properties of my object or parameters mm, for a function. Mm. It's very limited in terms of kind of it was very handy. At that time I felt it was magical. But now, I mean, obviously, with kind of you know rise of machine learning, there's a lot more that uh, that services like Code Whisperer can do. Code Whisperer actually understands the developer's intent and generates code based on that. And and by the way, this code recommendations can be as long as 20 lines, you know, enough for an entire function. In addition to the standard code generation, Code Whisperer can also generate things like unit tests where you just simply write a comment saying, hey, I want to generate a unit test for my function calculate return. I'm just making up a random function name here. You, you, you had me at generate unit tests for me. <laughs> <laughs> Fun part of the job, come on. <laughs> well, it's the most important thing to do, yeah. but it's not the most exciting. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But, but also, how, how does it work in terms of, you know, is it just, parroting what it's learned in the past or does it is it something that's useful like am i gonna have to sit there going well not that not that not that or is it a bit more contextual that's that's a great question so the important thing to note is that code whisperer does not just spit out code based on what it has seen in its training data it actually assembles the code in real time that is highly specific to the context or the developer's intent Interesting. So it's it's more sensible than that. So let's say, so there's obviously some 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 secret sauce or magic, otherwise known as machine learning, um, happening. <laughs> I, here. I gave that away us, when I said training data. <laughs> you did. <laughs> Tell us about how it works. Let, let's let's peel back the covers just a little bit and and help us understand what it's doing and, and how it's doing it. Sure. So I'm going to start with a little history of uh, kind of machine learning and how it's evolved over the years, right? So typically. Traditional machine learning models in the last few years, you know, they, they were millions of parameters big. At, at that time, they were considered, you know, uh, models were getting big. It's pretty big. Now, <laughs> not, the, what has happened in the last few years is that we call, what we call it as large language models, right? These large language models have billions of parameters. And, and at the heart of all these large language models is the concept of transformers. Now, what these transformer models do is that they can understand relationships between different parts of text in the training data. 
Now, this, this understanding uh, of the context allows uh, these models to predict the next set of words, depending on where the, uh, where the position is, right? So imagine that the model, a transformer model is, predict, uh, is trained on a bunch of text data. Now it's, it's shown kind of a set of new sequence of words and you're suddenly asking it to predict, hey, what are the next set of words that are expected based on what the model has seen based on the training data? So at the heart of it, that's basically the technology that's happening. And in case of Code Whisperer, Code Whisperer uses this large transformer models to generate code recommendations based on the context, which includes the existing code uh, that is in the IDE. Uh, that has already been written by the developer, either partially by the developer or including one that has been written by Code Whisperer. Their natural language comments and where in their IDE window the, their cursor currently is, so the location of their cursor. And by the way, these models, Code Whisperer's models, are trained on billions of lines of code from data sources that include open source code and Amazon code. So that sounds really interesting in that it's it's learning as you go, but also it's giving that real-time contextual feedback. So you're not sort of getting the classic cookie cutter or, well, this is a snippet I could just drop in. This is actually something that's, that's being far more sensitive to what I'm trying to do. Right. Actually, one of the things that I, I just realized, you know, I asked a question earlier, which is, does Code Whisperer just spit out kind of data, right, based on what it's seen? So in, uh, there's an interesting example. You may have heard of, about this before, where kind of, you know, machine learning models are now getting smarter, where they are starting to beat uh, professional players in chess and go. And specifically, mm-hmm. these large models are able to assemble kind of strategies uh, that are not even part of their training data set. So think about Code Whisperer from that lens, where it's not just giving you recommendations based on what's exactly there in the training data set, it actually is putting together little bits and pieces, fragments, which we call as tokens, together to give the entire recommendation. And by the way, just to get super nerdy here, but <laughs> one line of code roughly contains about 10 to 13 tokens. So literally what, what uh, Code Whisperer does is generates token by token. And each token generated by Code Whisperer itself becomes the context for the next token. So that's it's pretty fascinating uh, from a, from a machine learning perspective what these modern models can do. Sort of building building on itself. So so exactly. If, if I'm a de- yeah yeah that's really fascinating. So so if I'm a developer and I've I've honed I've got my finally honed leak code skills going, um, should I be threatened? Should I be worried about that this is just doing what I could do? Well, I mean. If you think about back in the day, right, they have mathematicians who have been there before calculators. Then the calculators arrived. I think I don't think anybody would say that the mathematicians were threatened by calculators. Then, <laughs> then came kind of spreadsheets and computers. I, I don't, and then came R. I don't think kind of all these tools, you know, the way I look at it is there's always the expert, which as I'm using mathematicians as a proxy for developers. And there are these, these tools, which are automation, automation tools. The idea is these automation tools just essentially help the expert get better and more efficient over time. That's kind of how I, I think a code whisperer is going to play out in the, in the, mm, in the long run. Mm. Well, I've got to say, for, for me, just just being able to create those uh, those unit tests much quicker, um, <laughs> and and do, seriously doing the things I know I should do, but sometimes I get a little bit lazy and don't do them, um, is is a that's that's already price of admission for me. <laughs> And and you know in terms of the actual building app 
apps. So, you know, we, we think of code as, you know, we're talking about snippets and bits and pieces, but what about the, the application view on AWS, like building an application to, to make something using AWS services? Right. So one of the things that Code Whisperer is very good at is generating code related to APIs, uh, AWS APIs specifically. I mean, the, the set of popular services and the related APIs that uh, uh, Code Whisperer can tackle uh, from services such as S3, DynamoDB, SQS, and SNS, some of the most popular services that we have on AWS. For example, a developer can simply say, you know, write a function to upload a file to S3 with server-side encryption. Now, it, it seems kind of relatively straightforward, where you know, this developer has to go, go to the right kind of API documentation, kind of ensure yep. that kind of he picks the right kind of API out of the many APIs that are listed. And then obviously he has to, he or she has to tweak that kind of code in their IDE based on their naming convention, based on their stylistic thing. Code Whisperer can literally kind of, you know, take this comment and can generate the code based on all the prior context. And, and, and they don't, developer does not even have to leave their IDE. That's fantastic. And that, that, that context switching is important too, because I can think, you know, for myself with that example of, you know, these days I, I typically develop in Python. It's like, well, okay, now I've got to go and look at the Boto documentation, find the code snippet, copy it, paste it, change the arguments, get the arguments wrong, realize what I did wrong because I don't do it that often. Whereas this will just do it. So I'm, I'm liking the sound of that. <laughs> and more, more so, you can just actually quickly get a unit test to verify the output of what you just wrote as well. Uh-huh. So. That's good. That's really good. So, so let's talk about then the, the implications of, of AI and ML technologies becoming part of the software development cycle, that, that CIG, CD development, that, that DevOps process. Are there some gotchas and things we need to think about that, that Code Whisperer can help with? So more so than the CI/CD processes, I think generally, I think the implications are more around responsible use, right? So mm-hmm. responsible use of AI and ML technologies is, at least the way we look at it, is key to uh, fostering continued innovation. So on this front, Code Whisperer does a few things. The first one is it it provides security scans for the generated code for Java and Python. You know, this allows developers to detect vulnerabilities in their projects. Uh, and by the way, Code Whisperer can do that not just for the code generated by itself, but also the one that has been written by the developer. So obviously, we expect the ah. developer is going to take the code from Code Whisperer and make a few edits and tweaks and add some code of their own. So in addition to the security scans, Code Whisperer comes with a reference tracker. Now, this reference tracker detects whether a code recommendation that is being generated by, by, by the service is similar enough to a code snippet in the training data. This allows developers to easily find and review the the code snippet and decide whether they should use the generated code in their project and whether they need to attribute and license the generated code. So, you know, this this point is particularly important because uh, Mm -hmm. ultimately a lot of the code that is being used for training the the underlying models for CodeSpur comes from open source. So just giving the right like knobs and levers and control to the developer for using the recommendations from Code Whisperer is critical in our view. And last but not least, you know, it also makes uh, Code Whisperer actually masks uh, certain PII information such as names, addresses, passwords from from its code recommendations. That way, kind of, you're not uh, suddenly seeing some something that uh, you should not be seeing in terms of the rec- generated recommendations. 
That's great because you know no one would ever hard code things in their code ever. Exactly. I mean, I, I, <laughs> that would we, never we've happen. We've all done terrible things. I mean, I, I'm not going to list all my crimes when I write code. <laughs> crimes against coding is a whole other podcast we can do. So, so where are we at with Code Whisperer? Like, um, what's its current status and and what's coming? So we just launched the the preview. Uh, we're going to add more support for programming languages and IDEs. You know, I mean, there are many languages besides the ones that uh, we've, list, we've kind of listed or spoke earlier uh, that people tend to like. And of course, that people use more IDEs than the ones that we are currently supporting. So we definitely need to kind of address that. And then obviously, um, at Amazon and AWS, we we want to get customer feedback. Right, that's the whole yeah, point of this yeah. preview. Uh, we want to get as much customer feedback as possible during this period to to improve the service before before we make it generally available. Fantastic. So you know, I'm 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 already I'm already hanging out to not write unit tests anymore. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do I get access? How do I get started? You mentioned preview. What do I do to get on that preview? So there's a sign up page. Uh, if you go to the website for Core Whisperer, you can uh, you can basically see a sign up button. And uh, there'll be a very short form. Basically, you'll enter your name, first name, last name, your email, and uh, and basically you can hit submit, and, and basically you will get uh, access in a few days. Fantastic! It sounds great, and I'm sure that the team can't wait for that that customer feedback because we want things to be amazing for our, for our customers and our listeners and our developers. And this is something I think that will it's a real quality of life improvement that's possible here. So I'm sure the team's pretty excited Absolutely. about what's to come. So two things. One is, if I forgot to mention, right, uh, when you mm. asked me earlier about uh, what's next for Code Whisperer, like there's also the, the advantage kind of in a way, you know, this is a highly developer-centric service. We have a few of those uh, developers uh, internally at Amazon. <laughs> We've got a couple. A couple here. <laughs> I mean, you know, they, they, are, they are using this service actively today. So uh, mm-hmm. they, they have a mm-hmm. ton of ideas and feedback already on kind of where to take this service next. And the second point is on access. Uh, I was just thinking about, hey, you know, we never discussed about how actually people are going to use this. So this is available mm-hmm. uh, as part of the AWS toolkit, uh, which is an IDE extension. So you have to download this extension if you don't have it. And yeah. um, and then basically you will be able to use that in the IDEs that we support today. So I'm, I'm a VS Code user these days. So I'll just update my extension that's Absolutely. already installed and I'll have it. That does it for it. you. Yep. Beautiful. Atul, fantastic. This is really exciting. I'm sure you'll get lots of feedback and lots of interest in this one. Thanks so much for coming on the show and telling us all about it. Thanks, Simon. And we do love to get your feedback. AWS podcast at amazon.com is the place to do it. And of course, until next time, keep on building.